everybody. Thank you for tuning into my podcast, Keeping It Real with Caramel as we stay 100. I have Brian on the line. Hi, Brian. What's going on? Nothing much, nothing much. How are you? I'm great, other than, you know, some of our technology snafus getting our time to connect today. I'm, I'm excited to be with you, so. Awesome, awesome. So tell people, you know, where you're from, and uh, like, I like to have fun in the beginning, so a little fun fact about you. Uh, I am from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, a fun fact about me. Wow, I think I'm a very fun person, but I always feel like I get stumbled when I'm asked, like, what's fun about me? Um I would say that something that a lot of people don't know about me that is is it was was a fun experience is I lived in both Australia and in England mm-hmm. before the age of five, both for a year and a half each. And although I was young, I have lots of very fun memories from both of those oh, experiences. Wow. How is Australia? Is that it's it's fun, right? Like it's really it's different. I think. Yeah, and I, you know, I was the youngest when I was in Australia, so I have less memory uh, there. But I will tell you that from what I, what I remember, yes, it's it's a brilliant country, uh, amazing people, a, a whole lot to learn and experience. And as my parents have always described it, Australia is probably the most similar culturally to the United States of almost any country that we've lived in or traveled to. Um, mm-hmm. So not to say that that's good or bad. It's just, uh, I think from a familiarity standpoint, it's just a really cool country. Awesome. awesome. I would love to go. Okay. I would love to go to Australia and I would love to go to um, Canada. Yeah. I, I'd love to go back to Australia. And uh, yeah, Canada is a place I'd like to spend more time. I think those are both great locations. Exactly. Exactly. So we, let's get down to the nitty gritty. What we're about to talk about is your business. So I know you believe in helping growth minded individuals. So does that mean helping people who wants to help themselves? Is that what that mean? Uh, I think who want to help themselves and who believe that they can be helped and be better versions of themselves. Um, mm-hmm. I think growth minded is is what I mean by that is individuals who don't have a fixed mindset, who don't necessarily just feel like a victim and place blame uh, on everybody else, but recognize that the ownership they take in their own lives is actually what allows them to become who they are. And when they become who they are, that's where growth happens. Um, so that's what I mean. Right. Because sometimes um, do you believe that people don't want to, they're scared to grow and to find themselves or. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of fear connected to that uh, because mm-hmm. there's a whole lot about ourselves, our past, our emotional triggers, our behavioral patterns, our environmental conditioning that's sometimes difficult to look at, right? There's a lot that maybe we're not proud of. There's a lot that we might feel guilt over. There's a lot that we might have a totally skewed worldview of or perspective. And so, yeah, I think, you know, to change is really scary, which, you know, growing is changing. And I think there's a lot of people that um, maybe desire more for their lives, but they they cocoon themselves uh, really based on fear because they don't, they at least know what they know now, but when they don't know what they don't know about what change and growth will look like, what will that mean for them? And, you know, the basic root of all fear as Dr. Susan Jeffers from Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway outlines is, it's really the question, can I handle it? And so a right. whole lot of fear comes from this idea of of not knowing what the unknown, can we handle it? It's hard to prepare for what's unknown. That is true. That, that is true because fear does stop a lot of people for success. And because they, what's gonna happen 
and they a lot of people like control of their life you know i want that's control right. of what's going to happen or whatever that's right and i know that you also said that embrace pain to avoid suffering that's one of my core philosophies yeah mm-hmm. so can you explain that a little bit to the listeners absolutely uh so first we need to understand pain and we need to understand suffering so pain is is defined as short-term intermittent and direct cause from something typically alleviated once that direct cause is removed. And then we as human beings tend to screw that up and put narratives and adjectives in front of it like acute and chronic. Well, acute maintains the definition, but chronic changes it. Chronic implies that it's no longer short-term and it persists even after that direct cause is removed. So let's stop calling that pain and instead let's call that suffering. The reality Mm -hmm. is the world tells us to reduce, eliminate, or avoid pain. Pain gets lots and lots of attention, right? Because we feel it, it's real, and it's actually makes a lot of sense because it was a natural evolutionary response based on survival 150 200 years ago if you cut your hand you could die right so pain was something that we literally have been conditioned to avoid and the thing about pain is that it can't really be measured effectively outside of the individual experiencing because we all experience pain differently whether that's physical pain mental pain spiritual pain perceived pain right it doesn't really matter pain we all experience differently with one exception we all experience pain. So it's a universal human experience. So it gets lots of attention. Suffering we don't want to admit exists, particularly when it's a direct result of our choices. But the unavoidable precursor to change is acceptance. So until we accept the current state of things, we cannot begin to alter them. So let's understand the difference between pain and suffering. What does this concept mean? We can embrace the pain of hitting the gym for 30 minutes a day mm-hmm. to avoid the suffering of aches and pains of a sedentary lifestyle. We can embrace Mm. the pain of a difficult conversation with loved one or spouse to avoid a Mm. loveless marriage that's gonna end in divorce or being stuck in a marriage when we ultimately want divorce. We can embrace the pain of the fit our kids are sure to throw by having them put down their mobile devices at the dinner table to avoid the suffering of years of lost meaningful connection and conversation that we'll never get back. As business owners, we can embrace the pain of firing our top salesperson that's contributing the most to top line growth to avoid the suffering of stagnant growth and losing all our other top talent because they were the greatest cancer in our culture. And the list goes on. You see, I believe that we all must choose our pain or our suffering will choose us. Ooh, go ahead, Brian, snap, snap. Okay, I love it. So if someone wanted to become a top sales professional like yourself, how can they, what's the first step that they need to take? Probably get into sales. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, get into sales. Well, yeah, hey. But <laughs> so, what's the next step? Like, what do they do to become successful like you are? You know, yeah. the top sales uh, professional. So, sorry to be cheeky there at the beginning, but yeah, uh, I, I think I think for people who are in sales, you know, I'm not a big believer in necessarily um, sales training or specific strategy or tactics. I think to be successful in sales is to be good with people. I think to be successful in sales is to be able to recognize that you don't necessarily have to sell. I think to be good at sales is to recognize that it's about building relationships, identifying, you know, either problems or opportunities, and then being able to align solutions if and how they make sense. And I think a lot of people, right, whether they're selling a tangible product, you know, like copiers or paper, or they're selling the intangible product around consulting or the gray matter in any type of, you know, non-tangible business, I... The reality of it is is everything we do involves people. So I hear a lot of people say, oh, I need to master sales. I need to improve in sales. No, just improve with people. I think that the the basic two elements that are most important is vulnerability and authenticity. I think vulnerability and authenticity are the glue that binds human connection. 
If you understand how to establish human connection, how to build and foster human connection, how to build and establish trust, and allow you and the other person to have a mutually agreeable approach with high intent that nobody's driving towards a specific outcome other than if and how you can help each other, that's where sales happens at an exponential level. Because it's not something where you have to be driving towards an outcome, but you can focus on the process of selling, which is really building relationships. So when you look at how does someone become more like me, the thing I wanna challenge there is don't become more like me, become more like you. I think a lot of salespeople are not great at sales because they follow a path to sales based on someone else's success in sales. Mm -hmm. The reality of it is, is that we chase the what in life, what house, what car, what amount of money, what amount of success, what strategy or tactics can we deploy to be better at sales? But in the process of doing that, so many of us lose the who. So I would rather have you start with focusing on who you are. How do you enter into sales? How do you build relationships? How do you align strategies, tactics, solutions, and opportunities for people? Because if you can find the way that's real for you, authentic to you, you won't ever have to sell another day in your life. And then all the what's in your life will become a manifestation of the who versus the other way around. Oh, wow. That is awesome. Um, like you said, people that does sell do have to be people person because you just can't sell anything if it's not going to happen, right? Right. So, you show up and you've got an agenda to get to the next meeting or to sell a product, you're probably not going to win nine times out of ten. Exactly. Exactly. So people always dream to be successful in their lives and business. So... I know you you coach people on that as well. So how how explain how they can, you know, be successful in their life and business? Because and you know, because everybody's always dreaming, I wish I had or, you know, I'm dreaming of this big car I had or I wish I had this. Um so they're always dreaming. So how can it become reality? Well, first and foremost, I'm going to ask each and every person who listens to this question and answer to take the time to define your definition of success versus the external world definition of success. Mm -hmm. Because I think so many people feel like they never can be successful because they chase what the world defines as success, which typically in the most recent period in our world has been based around money, financial things and status. Now, I'm going to be very clear here. None of those things are bad. I've, I've had all of those things and will continue to. Um, right. but, and I don't say that to impress. I say it to impress on the point. So I have nothing bad to say about that. But true success for me is joy, freedom, and fulfillment. I don't mm. need money to do that. Mm. And the problem is for me, I chased the external definition of success and I got it. But I woke right. up one day after having the nice cars, after having the nice house, after the game of, well, if I just get here, if I just get that, if I just do this, then I'll be okay, or then I'll be good, then I'll be set. And guess what? Every time I got there, I was left with an even greater empty feeling because that void I was trying to fill was because I wasn't truly tapped into who I was, nor was I experiencing joy, freedom, or fulfillment. I was focusing on the external satisfaction and chase of success versus my own. So I would just challenge everybody, when you look about success, Part of it is you have to first define your own level of success. But even if you chase that external definition of success, so I'm gonna lean in and humor you a little bit by giving you an actual answer to your question. I think it's a matter mm -hmm. of really understanding like who you are, what is most right. important to you, and what are the standards, ethics, and processes that you're gonna follow to accomplish whatever level of success you desire. It does take discipline. It does take a ridiculous amount of self-awareness and intentionality. But I also think that in today's world, it takes something a lot different. 
I think empathy and compassion, which are really rooted in vulnerability and authenticity, empathy and compassion are required to truly reach success because I don't think that success in a solo fashion is possible in the same way that it used to be. I think there's a whole lot of collaboration and collective success that's going to take place for individuals to have their own success. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's that's my it view of where things are shifting. No, it made a lot of sense, you know. Um, so you have to figure out what your success is for yourself, you know, and that's understandable. And I see why you are a coach and a speaker. Because I'm over here like shaking my head. You can't see me, but I'm saying, yeah, 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 you're right. <laughs> you know, you're, 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 you're like ready to go. You're like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I know. Like, you're awesome. Brian, like, yes, because I know a lot of people wants the freedom. You know, they want they want the freedom, but they don't know how to go for the freedom, you yeah. know, and I know your team. That's what your team does. Your team helps people find their freedom. Right. They, they help them find who they are, which in and of itself right. creates freedom. Yes. Right. So when they do that, they have to sit down with that person and figure out what that person is looking for. You know what they're trying to do. Exactly right. Okay. All right. I love it. And, and like some people, they struggle with it though. So how do y'all overcome that? People that's struggling, that still wants the freedom but don't know how, but they're still struggling to get the freedom. Yeah. So I think most often people think that they're stuck or stymied in their efforts for their potential because they have the wrong strategy or tactics, right? It's like, well, if I just did this, or if I made this change, or if I put this new idea into my world, then I'll just get there. Right. It's, it, it's right. similar to the, the answer that we just gave, but there's so many people that feel that way. Well, reality of it is it's based in a couple of things. Um, more often than not, I think strategy and tactics only get people so far. What I would really encourage anybody to do, whether or not you've got somebody to guide you through the process or not, is what keeps people truly stuck. It's not the wrong strategy or tactics. It's typically a combination of emotional triggers, behavioral patterns, and, and environmental conditioning that keeps people in that self-defeating place. That's why we see patterns repeat themselves in people's lives. That's why we see the way that people are constantly chasing the next best thing, and then they fall into the exact same exact pattern, both mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Right. So to to truly get unstuck, you've got to put yourself into an intrinsic journey and ask yourself the right questions so that you can get to the root of what those things are. You know, I've got a I've got a client that I'm working with right now and he's 68 years old, mm -hmm. 68 years old. He's already yeah. had financial success. He doesn't need to work another day in his life. He's a coach and consultant himself who has worked with six other coaches in his long career, very successful career. Right. We start working together and within a matter of a month, we identify that he's got a very deeply rooted blind spot that's based in lack of self-worth. Oh, wow. It has shown up in his personal relationships, that's shown up in his marriage, that's shown up in the way that they monetize and price their business, that's shown mm -hmm. up in conflict with his business partner around where and how they structure to do things. And it was deeply rooted way back when from the time he was before 15. And this pattern oh, wow. just continued to repeat itself in his life. And literally in a matter of a month, he's like, oh my gosh, I never even saw this. So now that it's in a place of conscious awareness, he can be intentional around understanding where and how does self-worth or lack of self-worth show up in his body so that he can really pay attention to how it manifests. Then he can start to pay attention to what triggers his self-worth that will keep him into that self-defeating place. And then in those moments, he starts to be able to pause, take a breath, and determine new patterns, create a new path, choose a different outcome. He doesn't have to be defined by his path, but 
by clearly understanding it and seeing it for what it is and putting words to feelings that he's had that he hasn't been able to describe before, it actually has unlocked him to a place that his relationship is better, his business is better, and he's already starting to move forward with a whole new monetization strategy within his business. But 68 years old, doesn't have to work another day in his life. He's had all the external success that he's had. But guess what? He's still not feeling 100% to who he is. Well, right. It's because he hasn't been feeling the things that he needed to feel. And it's important that we feel so that we can heal. And once we do that, that's when we start to become a complete version of who we are. And we get to become on now the treadmill of life because there is no final destination. There's just a constant evolution of self. But by realizing that we're stuck, not because of strategy and tactics, but because of elements about who we are, how our life is patterned, and things that emotionally trigger us, until we start to understand that, we're always going to be stuck. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But I want to know, why do you do the things that you do? Like when you wake up in the morning and you go for every, before you get your coffee, why do you why do you do the things for you do for these people like for people why do you do that what is your why so i have a lot of whys but let me tell you a story (laughs) that will help will will help bring a little bit of clarity to this okay it's not the only reason i believe this is actually the perspective um but i'm gonna ask you and anybody who's listening just for a Mm -hmm. second unless you're driving to please close your eyes I want you to imagine going to a store, getting everything you need, having a Uh great shopping trip, checking out, walking out the door, feeling the sun hit your skin, feeling the breeze go through your hair, feeling just a general lightness about your day. And as you're headed back to your car, thinking about the beautiful evening that you're going to have. And as you go to unlock your door, get in and go on with your way, you turn your head and you see a truck barreling 40 miles an hour right at you with no time to react. Oh. Go ahead and open your eyes. That's where this portion of my story begins. My mom, my brother, and I went to our local Walmart to get a one-inch paintbrush. And as we were headed back to our car, I always had an excitement and vigor for life. So it didn't surprise either one of them that I was the first one in the car. I wanted to get home and put that paintbrush to use and get on with our day. My mom and brother were three, four feet behind me. And this was back in the days before there was key fobs. So she couldn't unlock the car from a distance. I had to wait for her to get up, put the key in the door, turn it so that we could get in and go with our day. And as we were there, there was a truck that pulls up in front of the store. Driver and middle passenger get out, and the passenger all the way to the right felt the truck moving backwards. So he did what any one of us would do, and he scooted over to put his foot on the brake, but he instead hit the gas. Combination of shock and force threw him up onto the steering wheel, up onto the dashboard, and before you know it, he was catapulting 40 miles an hour across the parking lot right at us with no time to react. We were in an end spot. He goes up and over the median in the end spot, up and over the tree in the end spot, hits our car, knocks me over, runs over me diagonally, tears my spleen, leaves a tire track scar on my stomach, and continued on to completely sever my left arm from my body. So there I am, laying on the parking lot on a 115 degree day in Phoenix, Arizona. My mom and brother watched the whole thing happen. They see me laying on the ground and they look up and they see my arm laying on the parking lot 10 feet away from me. Fortunately for me, my guardian angel also saw the whole thing happen. There was a nurse that walked out of the store right when this took place and she came out and saw the literal life and limb scenario in front of her. And I'm forever indebted to this woman for the choice that she made to turn into action versus turn away and go home. She came over and stopped the bleeding on my main wound, saved my life. And then she instructed some innocent bystanders to go inside, grab a cooler, fill it with ice and get my detached limb on ice within minutes. 
Had she not done one or, or both of those things, I either wouldn't be here with you today or I'd be here with you today with a cleaned up stump. That's just the reality. Now, I realize that you and others were probably not expecting it to go there today. I have a very, very unique story. But what I've also realized in all my time of doing this is that we all have unique stories. What's important is that we pause and become aware of the lessons we can extract from those stories and then become intentional with how do we apply them in our lives. And we all have the ability to do that. We also all have the ability to tap into the collective wisdom of other people's stories so that we can shorten our own curve to learning. So I'm gonna share with you real quick, two primary lessons that I have used in my life. And I promise you by the time I get done here, you'll understand my why. First, right. I learned not to get stuck by what has happened to me, but instead get moved by what I could do with it. And that came from sitting in the hospital bed at seven years old, feeling sorry for myself, asking myself, why me, why me? What's the rest of my life gonna look like? And perspective points us at what's important. So as the other families in the ICU were coming up to us and saying, we're so sorry for what happened to you. We're so sorry for what, what, what can we do to help? And then we come to find out that their kid's laying in the ICU bed next to me with a terminal illness and doesn't know if they're gonna live for another 30 days. Perspective hit me right in the face, even at seven years old. Because other than the immediate threat to my life and not at that moment knowing whether or not my arm would be reattached, I knew I would live. And so often I honor them because I lost a number of them over the following 10 years as we were doing philanthropic work together for the hospital. Many of them lost their battles to their terminal illnesses, whereas I have the opportunity to be here with you today, happy, healthy, and productive. The second lesson that I learned, although it didn't come until far later, was really based in the fact that at seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, I was the one having the surgeries done to me. I was the one going through all the, the therapy, but I was also being guided through the process. So I was a little bit in the fog. My parents, however, were not in a fog. They were intimately aware of the unceasing medical treatments, years of physical therapy. And the idea of seeing their son grow up without the use of his left arm was a source of great potential suffering for them. So they willed themselves day in and day out to do what was necessary, to do what was tough, to embrace the pains required to ultimately strengthen and heal me. So whether it was an intentional or not, what they did was they ingrained in me the philosophy and way of living, which we just talked about a minute ago, which was right. to embrace pain to avoid suffering. And I believe when this is done correctly, that's also where we gain freedom. So it's these two primary lessons that I use to not only overcome this unique injury, how my business partners and I scaled our last business to over 15 million within the span of a decade, and how today I flipped that on its head as a human behavior and performance coach to help individuals and organizations just like you, just like the people listening, become more aware more intentional in who they already are, their most authentic selves. And the, the reason we do this is because I believe that's when magic happens. I believe that's when perspective, motivation, and direction start to enter into your world. And I believe that's when joy, freedom, and fulfillment can exist for people. And so it's all these reasons that we are focused very aggressively on impacting a billion lives by 2045. Because if we can reduce the level of suffering on this planet, give people the chance to experience joy, freedom, and fulfillment holistically in their lives, that's what's going to allow vulnerability and authenticity to come into the picture so that we can focus on human connection. And that is what's going to allow individuals to not only be confident, but convicted in standing on their own two feet, 100% authentic to who they are, whilst knowing that the world will not only accept them, but embrace them for who they are. And I believe when these things start to happen, that's where we're going to start to see the world be left a more beautiful place for my kids and my grandkids. Mm. I see your why. I'm over here like, oh God, oh my God, I see your why. 
and yeah everybody has I don't even know what to say to that Brian you know because that's very emotional and I see why you do what you do help other people you know and um, impact and inspire and motivate and I thank you for that telling me your story you know and um, wow um, I know what it's like I know what it's like to be stuck I know what it's like to be the only one in a room that looks a certain way I know what it's like to be isolated and alone I know what it's like to be um, viewed through the lens of how other people view you and what they are capable of or not capable of and what their own biases tell them and I know how all that feels right and it's not it's not fun it's it's and, and many people with very different scenarios I'm sure can identify with all those feelings I just described and, yeah. and anybody who's ever felt that way knows how crummy it feels. And so because I know that, I know how what suffering feels like. I also know on the other side, because I put in the work and I experienced joy, freedom, and fulfillment, I felt more like myself right now than I have in my entire life. I know what that feels like. And everybody deserves to feel the way I feel right now. So that's what I'm trying to accomplish, my friend. And, and you will, and you will. So what is your next project? What do you have going on next? Yeah, so I don't always operate in sequential manner. I've got multiple projects going at every time, but I've got, um, I've, I've got two right now that I'm, I'm really, really excited about. Um, one, one is this idea, it's literally called Who Before What? And it's gonna be mm-hmm. a movement that's really structured on, on helping change the dynamic and narrative around the what versus the who. And they're both important, but similar to what I talked about earlier in my own dialogue, it's it's about getting people to center back on the who. And so, you know, when you think about, uh, you know, what's one of the first questions somebody asks you when you meet them for the first time? One of the questions they asked me is, I don't know how you doing or what do you do? What or, do you do? That's right. Yeah. That's typically in the first two questions when you meet somebody new. And even if you ask somebody who they are, 95% of people answer with what they do, not who they are. Exactly. (laughs) So the narratives of the world are to focus on the what versus the who. We've lost the human element, the human connection. So we want to help change that. And there's a whole variety of things that are going to come out of this entity. Uh, There's another big initiative that I'm really excited about. I can't talk a whole lot about what and where and how this is going to manifest yet, but it's, uh, it's a collaborative movement legitimately that's being structured with some of the brightest minds that, that I've come across uh, uh, on the planet um, mm-hmm. with an entity that we are, we've, we are forming called I Am One Billion. Impacting okay. a billion lives is not gonna happen with just me. It's that's gonna right. happen with collective impact. Yeah. And so this I Am One Billion is really to look at systematizing the reduction of suffering outside of just the individual work on helping people realign with who they are. So we're uh, we're pretty excited about what what those things are going to do for the world. Are oh, you going to be amazing? You're amazing anyway. You know, just just your story and who you are is amazing. So whatever you touch is going to come to go. Have you heard that song before? Everything I touch turns to go. That's uh, you. I, <laughs> well, I don't I don't know about that, but I have heard that song, and uh, and 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 I'll, I'll I'll take that as a compliment. And uh, <laughs> you know, just just know I need all the help I can get. So. Right, right. So when if someone want to contact you, how can they contact you? 
Yeah, you can go to brianbogert.com. Uh, it's Brian with an I and Bogert, B-O-G-E-R-T. Um, there's a lot of our, our free resources are, are readily available there. A lot of articles that have been published in Forbes and other places are also there, as well as our social handles that are at Bogert Brian on any of the channels. Um, what I will say is to impact a billion lives, we're very aware that 99.9999999999% will never pay us a dollar. And we are very okay with that. Uh, reality of it is we know those that are going to lean into it, invest in themselves, will create and substantiate all the resources necessary to create that ripple effect of impact. And so I will also give something to all the listeners today. If you want to go to nolimitsprelude.com, it's a succinct download of, of some of our core coaching philosophies to help lead you on your own intrinsic journey. So whether you have no idea who you are, you're very clear on who you are, you're somewhere in between, this will add value into your life. The thing that I will ask, if you consume anything, because of all the free stuff that we put out there and that's all you need from us, take it and run. But by all means, if it had an impact in your life, realize it might have an impact in someone else's lives, then like, comment, share, or do any with that information. And if there's a way that we can help you further, by all means, just let us know uh, and we'll, we'll be happy to explore a way to determine if and how we can help. Awesome. I just want to say thank you, Brian, for being up here with me and talking to the listeners and letting the listeners know a little bit more about you and for sharing your story. I think you're an awesome guy. And I know you're going to be so you are already amazing. So I can't say you're going to be amazing. You are already amazing. And I just want to say thank you for taking time out with me, um, spending your time, your 30 minutes with me. How about that? And um, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Well, thank you for creating a platform to allow me to pour good into the world. Uh, it's because of people like you that uh, that this ripple effect to a billion will probably happen a lot faster. So um, thanks for being a part of the journey and thanks for the opportunity to be with you today. All right. Thank you. And I will talk to you soon.